eighth episode of the Roarcast. I'm Kyle Matrician, and this uh, I'm joined, as always, I should say, first by Megan Rojas and Mike Kowalski. Guys, good to see you. Kyle, what's up? Hey, guys. How are you? How's life? Ro, you're in a uh, new location this week? I am. I am. I am back in New Jersey, uh, probably not too far away from you guys. So we are now shooting our podcast from Studio Jersey. Studio (laughs) J. In a couple weeks, we should should find a location, just sit six feet apart from each other on our laptops and do it like distant but together. For (laughs) sure. It could be hilarious. Mike, actually, I was... Three separate cameras. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, I almost drove by your house yesterday when I was... My mom's in the middle of moving, so I've been having to go back and forth to like help her pack things. And I was coming back down 17 like yesterday evening and I literally almost just like popped over to your neighborhood and just like beeped the horn to get you to come outside and <laughs> at you. just because I haven't seen you in so long but um what are you talking anyway, about I see you every week I've seen you in in person non-virtually it would be incredible <laughs> these, virtual hangout uh, right? <laughs> um this week speaking of New Jersey they've opened the golf courses so we thought what better way to put that on the roarcast than to have two golfers on the roarcast, right? That's exactly why we had two golfers this week, right? Great not, a, segue. not a coincidence. Yeah, that's, not a coincidence at all. It's, mean segue. Yeah. I mean Love it's it. front of mind for everybody and you know, we've got it done. We make it happen. That's what we, we do. Yeah. We made it happen. We know we try to We're stay relevant. Irrelevant. That's right. We wanna yeah. make sure uh, you know, everybody's interested. So we've got two golfers on the broadcast this week. We're going to be talking to Pat Healy from the men's team and Alexis Florio from the women's team. Uh, both are sophomores. Uh, so second year at Columbia. And uh, Pat will be joining us from Long Island, on Long Island. Very important. On. To say. Very important. And uh, Alexis <laughs> will be joining us from in Rhode Island. So we got two <laughs> different islands represented on the Warcast this week. One, not really an island, but that's okay. <laughs> just, just so nobody's surprised, we did, we did uh, conduct the interview with them together uh, because it worked so well last time with Constantino and Torrance. We did. Figured, why not? They, they, yeah. they let us know that they were friends and it worked out. They were both available at the same time. So, yes. take so we all are going to conduct the interview together, right? No, it's all right. I mean, we... <laughs> We, we just we it. talked to him. We, we record the intro. Oh, spoiler, 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 spoiler. You know, sometimes we record the intro after we talk to guests. I mean, you're uh, throwing. You're, if anybody gets that upset about it, right now. <laughs> I would also like to say, I would like to say real quick because we are basically adding ourselves that we already did the interview now and we're doing the intro after. I talk about a story in it that. I would just like to preface that I was a very young golfer when this happened. (laughs) (laughs) It was a very hot day out. And um, you weren't wearing gloves. Don't say too much. Oh, don't oh, don't say too much. Don't say too much. Nice plug. It's a nice plug for the rest of the earth the episode. We don't want to give anything away. No, you just gotta Um, listen. You know, but it's okay. I think it's okay. Like you don't have to be ashamed. It's it's. I feel like that's it happened has. to more people than you think. It's just your situation in which it happened was probably right. not right. ideal. I was simply just demonstrating, and it was yeah. the demonstration gone very, very wrong. But 
you'll have to keep listening to find out what happens. You will, you will. Have any of us besides myself, uh, I, I guess Rose, not really too much of a golfer now. So Mike, I guess probably haven't gotten out there either. But now that Jersey has opened the golf courses, are we thinking about maybe getting out there? Yeah. You know I can get out there in an evening, yeah. I feel like. Right? We talked about this over the weekend a little bit. I mean, I was supposed to go out golfing with a friend on Sunday and we text each other in the, during the week and saying like, Oh, this isn't going to happen. Ha ha ha. And then governor Murphy said, by the way, we're opening golf courses this weekend. And neither of us had like the inkling to like actually go on Sunday. Cause we thought it'd be really, I think it'd be, just be overrun and it'd been pretty crazy to try to get a tea time. Um, but basically we were both kind of on the same page. I think I told this to you, Kyle, is just like, let's wait it out a couple of weeks and see how everything goes and then kind of go from there. I mean, you're a bigger golfer than I am. I just kind of started getting back into it last year, to be honest with you. And um, so it should be interesting to see how, you know, things kind of play out in the next couple of weeks, taking a little bit more of a cautious approach. Again, team science, we'll throw it back to two weeks ago. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Clearly team passion on Kyle's side. Um, team passion, team passion. <laughs> we were just talking about the personality test before we came on too, yeah. so. which reaffirmed my passion. <laughs> um, <laughs> reaffirms everything. Think- do you think there's anyone that's listened to every podcast? And if there is anyone out there, please email us and let us please know. Yeah. I'm very oh, which, curious. What, what's what's, who our, you what's are. our go-to email? What's our go-to email? You can just find wow. one of our emails on the website. Yeah, kind of a, any one of us. You know, or again, make, use the hashtag Roarcast. I'm sure yeah. we can, make, we we can, can make, find it that way. We can make I'm a fan make email a address. Burner account and email. Yeah. Roarcast. <laughs> I mean, has Roarcast at gmail.com taken Prob- you? I probably mean. not, but we'll, we'll get there. Don't email that yet. Bro, don't, don't email, email that, that yet. Don't do that Ro, yet. Ro's going to look into that. We're going we're gonna <laughs> to yeah, say. Don't email that. <laughs> <laughs> you, might get, you might be surprised by the response you get, or if you get any. <laughs> Right. <laughs> anyway, speaking yeah. of our golf-themed episode, uh, got some good stories that uh, we're looking forward to share with the rest of our listeners. I think, uh, sorry, going back for a second, I mean, has Grandma Kim not listened to every episode? Wow. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of Grandma Kim, she just tweeted me yesterday. Okay. Did you see that? <laughs> no, I did not. Grandma Kim is Sienna Durr's grandma who is the smallest, sweetest, most loving Asian lady of all time. And I love her. And she tweets at me all the time, randomly. We might not keep this in. We might not. We might. I don't know. <laughs> we might she, not. We might she, not. We definitely won't, but it's super cute. I'm not sure if she actually listens, but she's a big supporter. I wonder if uh, Diane Griffith also listens to the forecast. Uh, she was a big supporter of our work on the uh, Inside Columbia Basketball podcast. She's uh, a huge golfer. Her Twitter handle oh, is DG Golfer. Oh, yeah, she's definitely listening what? to this week. What is it? DG Golfer or DG. It's yeah, D Golfer or DG Golfer or. Oh, yeah, D. Because yeah, like Diane Griffith, Griffith golfer. golfer. I forget what it is. Yeah. So yeah, if you right. if you if you tweet or you social media using the hashtag Roarcast, you will get name dropped right here on this. Oh intro yeah, one hundred percent because we do it to our most loyal listeners. So if you listen to everyone, to our three, we will give you we'll give you <laughs> no three million. Yeah, <laughs> we will give you a quick test to make sure you know you're you're on par. We'll right. ask you right. some questions. Oh, about no the pun episodes. intended there, Mike. No pun and, intended. And then, and then if will you pass the test, you're gonna get on the air. So I mean, yeah. it's, I think it's a great way to you yeah. know. 
we're Brandon very we're, we're very close i think you know the more this picks up i start to see like live podcasts uh mm-hmm. live call-ins on air you know mm. we're just, i think uh you know we're the next wfan mike we are yeah bro we'll see <laughs> So before we uh, go to break and go to uh, our interview with Alexis and Pat, I just want to bring up, uh, if you haven't seen yet, the Farsi slash Virtual C will be hosted by Dean Kowalski, former guest on the the Inside Columbia Basketball podcast. That's right. Uh, Virtual C will take place on Columbia Athletics' YouTube page on Tuesday, May 26th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. So uh, we're putting all the materials for that together and we're really excited to put on a good show for all of our student athletes and anybody else who wants to watch so make sure you take take a look at us on social media at go columbia lions on facebook instagram twitter and for more information we'll have more out on that as the weeks uh, uh, go on here looking forward to it i think it's gonna yeah. be good i'm feeling pretty good about it the virtual c so virtual it's got, it's got some of the old varsity and right we want to make this very clear this is not the varsity c this yeah. is taking the place of the varsity c this is the virtual c completely different event some of the old though some varsity c stuff incorporated in there but some new with a little i think social media we did put it in the article anyway with some cool social media fan polls that will be out so that people can vote on the top play and the top game of the year so yeah. Those, those polls will be out uh, in about, well, a week from when this podcast airs. So, Polling begins May 18th. So, again, t- make sure to follow us on social media. And uh, we'll be right back with Alexis Florio and Pat Healy. JAG One Physical Therapy is a proud partner of the Columbia Lions. With state-of-the-art rehabilitation equipment and facilities, allow us to develop a specific plan catered to each patient. The JAG-1 team proudly serves the tri-state area with facilities throughout Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, Westchester, Long Island, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. We're here for you. Get back the life you love. Visit www.jag1pt.com. That's J-A-G-O-N-E-P-T.com for more information. We all know what comes with being a fan, the ups, the downs, and everything in between. Share a Coke with a friend. Coca-Cola, the official beverage of the Columbia Lions. Clean Eats Meal Prep are proud sponsors of the Columbia Lions. Clean Eats has a wide variety of meals, from the basics, low-carb, gluten-free, and even kids' options. The process is simple. Place your orders for the week, and Clean Eats delivers right to your doorstep. Nutrition, convenience, and results equal the Clean Eats experience. Visit www.cleaneatsmealprep.com to try us today. All right, we are back with Pat Healy and Alexis Florio, two golfers with the Columbia programs. Uh, Guys, thanks so much for taking some time today and uh, talking to us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So we'll we'll jump right in and talk, you know, Pat, you're you're on Long Island uh, and Alexis is in Rhode Island. Let's start by just seeing uh, what you guys have been up to and how you've been adjusting to life at home and uh, with training and schoolwork and all that stuff. So we'll start with you, Alexis. Well, I've kind of had to restructure my days and sit down and um, plan out my week for myself, seeing how that's not done for me anymore with practice and tournaments. 
So I've tried to keep a similar schedule as I would if I were still at school. Um, I've been trying to get up early and work out before classes because uh, we would ha usually have 7 a.m. workouts Tuesday, Thursdays in season. Um, so kind of should just keep myself in the same mental space um, and feel good about my work finishing the school year um, as a student instead of a student athlete right now. So yeah, those are some of the things I've been trying to do. Pat, you want to chime in here? Yeah, I'm, I mean, we're lucky out on Long Island that the courses are open. So I know most sports aren't able to practice the way they, they have or the way they were able to at the school. Um, so I'm, I'm able to go to the course and kind of get back into the routine similar to the one, similar to what Alexis said that I had at school. So that's made the transition pretty smooth for us. Let's just talk about golf in general right now. What's it been like for you guys getting to the course? What have you know the restrictions been like? And uh, you know, I know in New Jersey where the three of us are, um, you know, that was just kind of lifted. I know you guys have had courses open, but talk about the experience of how different it is now uh, getting onto the courses. Um, I can yeah. start. Um, so getting onto the courses right now in Rhode Island, you have to make a tee time. You can't just show up and practice and decide, oh, I'm, I'm going to go play a few holes. Um, and you have to stay in your car five minutes until your tee time. Um, and I'm a big practicer. Like I could spend hours at the range and on the putting green. So it's been tough for me to kind of just hop out of my car and go to the tee. Um, but with that said, it hasn't been too busy on the course. So I'm usually able to bring um, a lot of balls with me and chip around the greens and just hit extra shots that way. So that's how I've been kind of getting my practice in. Yeah, and out on out here on Long Island, our course, the local course that I play at has separated the tee times instead of like 10 minute increments, it's been 15 or 20 minute. So the number of people on the course is lower, but you gotta really scramble to get a tee time before everyone else, which has been a little tough or frustrating. But uh, the practice facility has been open, which has been nice. So I'm able to practice short game and wedges before I go and play. Um, and I think just golf in general is lucky that you're able to be outside and social distance during the pandemic. So I'm still able to get into my regular practice routine. And although I'm not right now, I'm not able to play with my friends or anyone except for those who have quarantined with my family. Um, so that's been a little tough, but I mean, I'm still able to get into a good rhythm on the course and have a little match between my brother and my dad, which is nice. It's interesting, Alexis. I mean, I guess I'll mention it. I play golf, but not nearly as well as the two of you. Um, that you said that the whole rule about having to stay into your car, stay in your car until five minutes before your tee time. Like I, I haven't come across that, but then again, I generally get to the golf course like pretty late, close to my tee time anyway. So maybe that's why I haven't experienced it. But that's just something that I haven't even heard of yet. Because I've played a few times uh, up in New York. I live in Jersey, but uh, my family lives in New York. So we I've gone up to like the New Paltz area to play. And I've just seen like there are a couple courses where they have the holes lifted out of the green. So the ball will only like hit off the side of the cup so that you don't have to reach your hand in the cup. And then a couple courses where they just have like these styrofoam things that sit in the cup. And amazingly, yeah. somehow, my father-in-law, the last time we went, like, chipped onto the green from, like, 20 yards away, and, like, two bounces 
hit the stick and it just stuck in the styrofoam. And I was like, that is harder than putting the ball in the hole. Cause I don't know how <laughs> it roll away. <laughs> when it's, the whole point is that it's not supposed to stay in. So mm -hmm. I was, it was incredible. Sorry. <laughs> well, I hadn't thought about it until you just brought that up, but I wonder if they um, keep like the styrofoam in the cups throughout this upcoming golf season and like the summer and stuff. Um, if anybody would even be able to get a hole in one or if it would like mm -hmm. pop out. Um, yeah. cause I haven't had a hole in one yet. So I'm still waiting on that to happen. <laughs> I oh no, Yeah. Um, I read something or I didn't read something. Somebody, somebody told me that some guy, I don't know if this is an article online or something, but like claimed to have gotten robbed of his first ever hole in one, because I guess he like watched the ball, like hit the, the either the cup or the, the styrofoam thing and then just roll away. And like mm. he like can't claim that hole in one, even <laughs> though it kind of was a hole. I'm sure on his scorecard he wrote a one. I would write. It's gonna one. happen to a lot of people this yeah, year. Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> I don't know how many people make hole in ones, but <laughs> I mean, a decent amount. I mean, I, if you get it, yeah, that's gonna be the case. Yeah. My thing is like I've been, you know, Kyle and I golf together every so often, and we were planning on getting out a little bit more this summer before all of this hit. But I, you know, the courses we played at last year, I'm getting emails like they're enforcing the stroke limits, and I'm like. That's going to be a problem for me because I'm way worse than Kyle. <laughs> like, it's going to be like two shots in the woods. All right, next hole. Like. <laughs> it is. It, it is. Uh, and you said, uh, Pat, at, on Long Island, you can only golf. Is that a New York state law that you can only golf with your – is that course by course? You can only golf with the people that you've been in quarantine with. So we've just been doing that. Like my family has just been doing that alone okay. um, just because my dad had been in the hospital on the weekends. Like – Oh, that makes trying sense. to be like that makes sense. aware from that from okay. that sense but i was gonna like, say i hope other, i'm not breaking any laws all right no no other <laughs> of my friends are playing together and whatnot okay yeah you're good <laughs> i was like oh crap <laughs> maybe, Adding I yourself bring, on this maybe i shouldn't bring it up i know <laughs> sorry you won't see me next week on the podcast <laughs> bringing up about breaking laws i know um oh this is gonna be people good. in massachusetts have different rules for golf courses than Rhode Island residents do and our governor made um, a law that only people in Rhode Island can play on our golf courses right now so they check your ID if you're going to a public course and things like that but um, there have been people that have gotten arrested from Massachusetts that have come over here to play. Wow. Um, just trying to play. Yeah. They got arrested huh like it's not wow. like you can't even just claim ignorance you can't just go and be like oh I didn't know. Yeah. And they're just gonna be like no you have to go away like just mm -hmm. straight arrested. Wow. So desperate times. <laughs> That's it, yeah, really. No Golf is life. <laughs> so you guys mentioned, you know, when we were setting all this up that, you know, Alexis and Pat, you guys are, are, are friends and talk frequently. Talk about the relationship between the men's and women's golf programs and how you guys work together uh, throughout the, the year. Like our grade has each three golfers, me, Daniel Kaur, Derek Kim, and then the women's have three as well, Marlene, Alexis, and Jennifer. And me and Alexis are like most similar. And I feel like we kind of connect the two teams as much as we can in terms of we're always trying to like push the other people to work harder to see how they can get better and whatnot. Um, but it's actually interesting because our teams don't, we have, although we have the same practice facility, we don't go to the same course. We don't go to the same range. So as much as we're, we are the same sport, we're actually, we're actually pretty separated, which is interesting. But me and Alexis do, when we go practice, we do 
play little games against each other in the simulator room or whatever, just kind of like push each other and to keep ourselves like our goals in check and whatnot. So we have a good relationship from that aspect. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I would add, it kind of is just up to us between the men and the women, like how much we want to um, integrate and hang out with one another. Obviously as freshmen last year, we were very eager to um, like hang out and mix and mingle, but um, some people are into that and some people aren't. So um, it all just depends on kind of like the relationships that you choose to form. Um, Cause golf is, that's one of the great things about golf. Like you can play with men and women, young and old. So um, it gives you a lot of opportunities to meet and get to know different types of people. Pat, you, you touched on the simulator and stuff. Talk about the facilities you guys have at Columbia and Alexis, you can obviously feel free to join in too. Um, but when you, it's the winter months and the colder months and you're able just to, you know, take time on campus to be able to get some sort of practice in. Yeah, Coach Muller's done really good job with, uh, we just did a renovation to our facility. I think it's been a year now. Um, so what it used to be was just a simulator and we had one small putting room that we didn't really use. And what they did was they knocked down one of the squash courts. And now we have a big net with two, basically two simulators with TV screens and GX quads that tell the distance you hit it, the spin rates and whatnot. Um, we have a putt view which basically you could alter the slope and it will give a, a screen projection onto the, onto the slope. So you could kind of put down the line, which is pretty cool. Um, so you get left to right sloping, right to left, uphill, downhill, all in this one, like set, like five feet by 12 foot uh, structure. And then the two squash courts that we knocked down was all turfed and made into like a large, I don't know, 30 yard putting green where you could chip and it's probably running at like 10 or 11 on the stem. So there's holes all around the, all around the room and you're able to like, that's where me and Alexis will do a punting competition or up and down competition. And plus with that, we have these like little turf things where you could tee up wedges and hit full swing wedges inside there up against another net they have in that other room. So it's pretty dynamic and it really allows you to just prepare for, for the tournaments in the middle of the winter when, you weren't really able to do that in the years prior. Alexis, um, I wanted to bring up something really interesting about you. And I was going to ask you both about your like favorite memories, whether they be on the course or off the course. So this may be your favorite memory on the course. But when you were in high school, you qualified for the U.S. Women's Amateur out in, mm -hmm. uh, Cal out in California. So, I mean, talk about like run people through how you qualified for the U.S. Women's Amateur and like getting to experience that tournament and playing it. I mean, cause that's, that is huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I would first start out by saying I've always tried to put myself um, in opportunities to play with like the best competition that I could, even if my game wasn't necessarily up to par with theirs. I'm um, just giving myself that experience cause I knew that it would prepare me for college golf. Um, so, you can play in USGA qualifiers every summer um, to qualify for the national championships. But usually it's like only two or three people out of each qualifying site get to go. Um, so that day I had a family friend on the bag caddying for me who I've known forever and he knows my game really well. Um, and usually the biggest obstacle to overcome with any of those one day qualifiers are 
um, like your mind and your mental state because you can put a lot of pressure on yourself and it's like you only have one shot. So I would say that um, this guy, Eddie, um, who was on the bag for me, he did a really good job of keeping me calm and just in the moment throughout like the five hours. Cause it's not like a, a 60 minute um, football game where like, it's just fast paced, you know, golf, you have to really remain in the moment. Um, so he helped me a lot that day. And I ended up shooting my lowest round in the tournament, which was 70 to under par at the time. Um, and you never know with these qualifiers. I mean, Pat can attest to this. People sometimes go out and shoot like eight under um, in one round. So it really just depends on who's having a good day. But the weather was tough this day. It was out on, um, where was it? Like Plymouth, uh, Massachusetts. So the weather was windy, overcast. Um, and I love playing in the wind and like difficult conditions. So um, I took advantage of the opportunity as much as I could. And I ended up being the medalist and I got to go to San Diego. How did you do out in San Diego? I mean, I don't want you to put you on the spot too much. I, I really didn't look to see how you did. Oh. So. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, I didn't do well, actually. Um, again, the mental state got the best of me. Yeah. But just to be out in that um, environment with the best amateur golfers in the world was a really great experience. And you come to meet these girls at tournaments um, again and again if you keep putting yourself um, – in that kind of caliber of competition. So now two, two and a half, three years later, um, I've played in more tournaments with them and have gotten more comfortable. And ultimately they go on to play at the top college golf programs in the country. So if our goal is to win Ivies and get to NCAAs, you have to be prepared to be up against that competition. Um, so I've definitely gotten my feet wet. And even though, um, Score-wise, I may not have done well. I, it was definitely a win in terms of experience. And you still have a few years left to try and get back in that women's amateur again. For sure, I'm sure is that a goal of yours? I'm, I'm, I'm sure it is, right? Yeah. Um, the beauty about the U.S. Women's Am and the just U.S. Am in general, um, as long as you maintain a certain handicap, you can enter to qualify at any age. So I can do it when I'm out of college, like mid-amateur. So a lot of time. And then Pat, I wanted to mention like you and your own right, you won a PGA junior championship qualifier when you were in high school and you were in the PGA junior championship. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think that's probably, that's a, a fun, that was one of the cool rounds because I had a strip of six birdies in a row, um, which was awesome because it's just kind of like when you're feeling on the golf course and it's kind of like shooting hoops where you just go out and sometimes you just can't miss. Um, so that was really cool. I'd say like the best golf experience I've had in terms of tournament was, um, when I was trying to get recruited, um, uh, we had this tournament, it was called the carry cup in Ireland, which is kind of like a recruitment tournament where there was a bunch of Ivy coaches, a bunch of D3 good academic coaches over there. And they kind of like have got a lot of interaction with the coach early on in the week doing different, um, team drills or whatnot. And then it ends with a three round tournament. And fortunately, I was with Coach Muller. He was kind of like our, my coach for the group we were in. And for the final three-round stroke play tournament, I ended up winning that in Ireland, which I thought was really cool because that was the summer before I committed to Columbia. 
and it was just international, you know, you're meeting all these cool people and I, I'd won by a large margin and which was, which made me feel good because it made me feel like I deserved to, to have an opportunity to play at, at an Ivy league level. Um, so that kind of is a great memory. I kind of look back on whenever I'm entering a tournament where I feel like I want to try winning it. All right, we're going to throw it to break real quick, but when we come back, we'll rejoin our conversation with Pat Healy and Alexis Florio from the men's and women's golf teams. Make a brilliant move to Vanderwater, luxury condominium residences in Morningside Heists. Discover an elevated approach to city living, a modern homage to old world elegance, breathtaking views of the Hudson River, Columbia University, and Riverside Church. Visit thevandawater.com today for more information. That's T-H-E-V-A-N-D-E-W-A-T-E-R.com. At Athletic Brewing Company, we've built America's first craft non-alcoholic brewery. We've created a lineup of award-winning non-alcoholic beers. Our beers are made with organic grains and start at only 50 calories. Athletic beers are perfect for anyone who loves being healthy and active, but also loves to enjoy great-tasting beer with friends. To give us a try, go to athleticbrewingcompany.com and use code ATHLETIC20 for 20% off your first order. And we're back. (laughs) Um, So welcome back, guys. I obviously don't know a lot about golf, but I do have a quick golf, golf story for you that I hope maybe will make it in, maybe not. I just remembered it. I was in, um, I did like golf camp when I was little and I, we were at the driving range and I was first up to like, um, golf or drive or whatever. First <laughs> and up to golf. <laughs> golf, uh, to use my driver. And he was like, here, like, come up and like, show me what you got or whatever. And I was like, so nervous and my hands were sweating and I didn't have gloves on and I took literally the hardest swing and I like can I like know how to hold it and like I did like my best and when I say the golf club flew so much further than my (laughs) ball (laughs) like in the corner of my eyes it just it was like going like this and I was like please don't be my golf club don't be my golf club (laughs) and I like went to put it down and it like wasn't in my hands and the ball was like just rolling on the concrete I was like mortified I was in middle school (laughs) I was about I to ask. That. I was about to ask how old you were. Like a child, I was, was in middle incredible. school. <laughs> it like shot out, and then he was like, had to like tell all the other people on the driving range, like, stop. Like I have to go get this girl's golf club. <laughs> oh jeez. That's so an that's incredible my story, though. I, that's, a, that's, a, that's a tremendous <laughs> chime in. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I mean where we can take that is how did you guys get into golf, and how did you start playing, and when did you kind of realize that you know you could play at this level? Alexis, we'll, we'll go back to you. Sure. So um, I started playing when I was 12. Um, I had done all the recreational sports, basketball, softball with all of my friends in school. Um, but then the summer when I was 12, my, my parents both play. Um, they were pretty good golfers when they practiced um, themselves. So I decided I want to go out on the course more and I ended up liking it a lot. So my dad entered me in some tournaments um, the following year, and I just played um, a New England circuit called the U.S. Challenge Cup, um, and they kind of go into New York, too. Pat might have played in them, but um, that was basically the competition that I just threw myself into, and I know I, I mentioned putting yourself in situations where you're not as good as everybody yet, but still doing it, um, 
So this was another example of that. And then eventually I got more comfortable, more experience under my belt. Um, I started winning some of these tournaments and a key um, piece to junior golf and recruiting if you choose to do so, is playing in um, American Junior Golf Association events. It's called the AJGA. And they have events across the entire country. Um, and that's an even higher caliber of competition. So that's where coaches go and recruit you um, and can watch you play. So if you are looking to get um, recruited or a scholarship for college golf, then that would be the place that you want to be in. That's I 100% agree. If you want to play collegiate golf, playing at the top level against the best players gives a, a good understanding to the coaches of how you compete at a, a collegiate level. Um, so my golf journey, I would say, is I was swinging a golf club since probably like two or three years old, but I never was like my main sport until about eighth grade. Up until then, I'd played every sport like baseball, lacrosse, football, basketball. Um, and it was in eighth grade when my brother was on the high school golf team and he was telling stories of how he was competing against these other kids in high school golf. I was like, wow, like that sounds infinitely more fun than what I'm doing right now. So I'd rather do that. So I, I, I went on the team in eighth grade and then I just, just kind of kept escalating of, well, I want to play more summer tournaments. Actually, I would like to do this collegiately. And like, like Alexis said, it's a matter of, increasing the caliber of the tournaments you're playing in um like with how you're playing as well and it just became like an addicting process of getting better do you have specific golfers that you look up to um yeah when when i was starting to play when i was 12 um i really looked up to lexi thompson she was a teenage prodigy didn't go to college just turned professional after high school um and I just really remember her coming to a tournament in Rhode Island uh, that summer. And I saw her playing in her like cool Puma outfits. And she was really somebody that uh, younger girls like myself could look up to. Um, and it made me realize, okay, this might be something that's cool to do. So. Yeah, I always liked uh, Rory McIlroy. Um, cause he always, he always reached a level of, of play. That's just incredible. But the way he handled himself on the golf course is, is like what I always like strive to be in terms of just being calm, cool, collected, and just not really letting the ego get to get the best of him. You know, he's super successful, but doesn't really allow it to go to his head. And I think that's pretty admirable. Um, Rose question or not question but rose comment from before got me thinking uh when she about throwing the golf club mm. um i always feel like every year when i go golfing there's like a really funny story that stands out just like you because you golf with the most random people sometimes like if you're just going out to golf on your own you get put in a group so even if it's not with a random person i always feel like there are funny golf course stories that I'm sure the two of you have from golfing with other people. So whether it be something that you did or something that somebody else did. I don't know if it'd be considered funny, but, or impressive. <laughs> so my friend, it's kind of long. So, so my friend, Malcolm Padanoster, we had played golf just growing up, like here and there for fun. And we were FaceTiming in March. 
And he's like, dude, I just, I just feel like I'm going to get a hole in one this year. I was like, all right, like call it, like send me a Snapchat. I'll take a screenshot. So he sends me a Snapchat. I have the Snapchat and he says, July 9th, 2015, I'm going to get a hole in one on hole six of the Crescent club, eight iron. <laughs> I was like, sweet. Like, congrats, congrats on the hole in one. Like it's happening. <laughs> so we had played in the spring and every time we played, we had mentioned it and we're like, dude, like this is sick. Like, I'm excited for the day. Like, imagine you actually get the hole in one. We'll text about it and whatnot. So July 9th comes around, and unfortunately, he has like he has some other some obligation he has to attend to, and he can't play. But he texts me. I have the text. He said, "Dude, a week from now, I think it's July 15th." He said, "We're gonna go out. I'm gonna get the hole in one hole six of Crescent Club." I was like, "All right, dude. Like, let's do it." Eight iron. Eight iron. Eight iron. So. We couldn't drive yet, so my mom's driving to the golf course, driving us to the golf course on July 15th. And I'm like, yeah, like, Mal's having his hole-in-one today. Like, it's, it's been in, like, the works for a while. She's like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> We're like, just forget about it. So we get to hole six. It's, like, 160 yards. We even talk about it. We're, like, <laughs> just, like, nonchalantly talking about it. Hits a big draw. He's a lefty. So, like, right before he about, he's about to hit, he kind of closes his stance a little bit. Hits a big sweeping draw. I'm like, Malcolm, did, did that go in? You know, there's shadows on the green, but I can't really see. I can't see the pin. So I use the range finder. I'm like, Malcolm, like, I don't, I don't see the ball. So we're walking up, and I'm like, dude, like, this is weird. Like, this is not okay. We walk up. My ball was somewhere. We see one ball, like, back right of the green. I'm like, dude, like, walk up. He made the hole in one. And That's we incredible. go berserk. I'm, we're freaking out. I'm like, dude, like – I don't know. This is weird. I call my mom immediately. <laughs> I call my mom like, mom, you made the hole in one. So by the time we finished the next hole, he made, he made a double or a triple on the next hole and he's all pissed off now. I'm like, I'm like, Malcolm, dude, it doesn't matter what you shoot. Like you just had the most amazing thing ever. And so that night is men's league, which is a bunch of men are playing in, in golf matches, but there's, so we're finishing on 18 and there's 70, 80 people on, on the practice putting green. And the head pro comes out, I think it was John Shobe, and he says, everyone, I want to congratulate Malcolm Paternoster on his amazing hole-in-one on a loudspeaker. And everyone's like, let's go, Malcolm. Like, he's loved there. Everyone loves Malcolm. And, he, and Malcolm looks at me. He's like, oh, I'm like, what, dude? Like, this is sick. He's like, yeah, but everyone's going to be asking what I shot, and I don't want to tell them that. <laughs> I was like, Malcolm, I think it's okay. I'll take care. <laughs> So that was the oh, that was wow. the legendary story of Malcolm making his hole in one. Oh, the shot, the, the called shot, the called shot. Do you Months have this? Do you have the screenshot of him saying it on that day? I do. Um, oh, I'm not on the day. I have the screenshot of his Snapchat of what um, he said, right? And his in his text, yeah, wow. which were five months earlier. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Proof. All right, Alexis, tough follow up. Yeah, mine's I don't know if mine's funny it's funny looking back now but in the moment it was a whirlwind um and it doesn't involve other people it just involves me but um the summer of 2015 I was going to Kansas to play in a, tur a national tournament that I qualified for um to represent Rhode Island oh first time traveling without my parents. And um, there was a weather storm that day. So 
we didn't get to Kansas that night. We had to stay over in Chicago, um, which was where our layover was. So I get to Chicago to go get my bags and my golf clubs are nowhere to be found. And so the people at the airport told me, okay, well, they must have just not made it on the airplane. Golf clubs are usually the last things to go on if there's too much um, luggage. So they're like, they'll just be in Kansas once you get there. So I'm like, okay, that's fine, whatever. Um, I have to tell my parents this, which was not a fun time. Mm -hmm. And so they're starting to get worried. So I arrive in Kansas the next day, um, which also meant that I missed my practice round for the tournament. So I was going to have to play in this national tournament without having seen the golf course before. Um, but I get to the airport in Kansas, go to the baggage claim, golf clubs still aren't there and nobody can tell me where my golf clubs are. So I'm like, well, this is not good. Right. <laughs> Starting to freak out. Um, I'm 15 years old by myself. Don't know how to handle these things yet. Um, so I go to the golf course without my golf clubs. Um, and so I meet the people at the pro shop. I meet the host family. Everybody's so nice and trying to help me out. Um, I end up using just a random member's clubs. Um, and I ended up playing the first two rounds. I shot like 79, 76. And I made the cut for the second two rounds. Um, again, never seen the golf course using golf clubs I've never used in my life. And staying with people I've never met before. <laughs> um, so that that was definitely like one of the most memorable experiences that I've ever had. Um, and I, aside from the golf, it was memorable because I stayed with um, two girls. One was from Idaho and one was from Mississippi who plays for Ole Miss. And I've actually stayed in touch with her a lot. Um, we see each other at other tournaments. We talk. So that was like one of the best and worst things to happen to me in my junior golf career. Um, and I still never found my golf clubs ever till this day. Oh, that's um, what I was going to ask you. Did you get your golf clubs back? No, I guess no. No, no. And Southwest doesn't reimburse you unless you have all of your and itemized receipts for all of your purchases that were lost. What? And these were like custom golf clubs. Oh my um, God. Worth like a couple thousand dollars. So we didn't get reimbursed fully. Um, Wow. But it definitely what? topped. Yeah, it was crazy. It's terrible. Come on, Sal. So now. We're going to have to out. We're going to get you your golf clubs back. <laughs> we're going to get them back. For you, for sure. Group effort. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so now, whenever I, I think things are bad, I just think back yeah. to that summer of 2015 and know that I can yeah. overcome pretty much anything now. All right, Pat, I'm not going to let you off the hook here without bringing up. Um, I've read that you play the violin and have performed the national anthem at Madison Square Garden. So, what? You know, yeah, you've got to walk us through that experience and how that came about. And, um, you know, yeah, just talk about that experience. Yeah, so I don't know, I was probably five, four or five years old. Went to a buddy's house, this kid, Carter Prince, who actually plays golf at UPenn now. And he was playing the violin and I was like, whoa, like I got to do that. So, <laughs> so I went to the teacher he was using and I think probably till I was like 15 or 16, I had, I just played with this outside group um, and learned the Suzuki method, which is learning violin through the same way a, a child learns how to talk. First they hear it and they speak it and then they learn how to read. So I learned how to 
play music by, by listening and then playing. And then as I got older, I learned how to read. Um, but this group, uh, we were able to play, um, I don't know, it was probably a group of like 30 kids. We played the national anthem at the Knicks game, which was an incredible experience. Um, then we played, uh, we played the Ducks game, which is like a, a minor league baseball team in New York. And we played the national anthem there probably like five or six times every July 4th. And then with the School of Strings, we were able to um, play with them at Carnegie Hall three times, which is really an incredible experience. So we played when I was, every five years, I think, where we do that with them. So when I was five, or five turning six, 10, and 15 years old, I did it with them. You still play? Um, I don't play it as um, structured, but like, when I'm just kind of bored, I pick it up. Which is it's nice to like kind of fall back on it yeah. when you know, if I'm not playing too good of golf, maybe I'll try playing some music in my mind off it or something. Do you play the piano more? Now I play the piano more just because yeah. I don't know, I just like watching YouTube videos and then like trying to learn a Billy Joel song or something, something fun, you know? Yeah. But Sometimes yeah, violin is a big part. <laughs> Sometimes Pat sends me Snapchats of his piano playing, and it's the the quarantine content of the day. Exactly. Like, wow, that's good. Pat, you may have to uh, send us some piano playing that we'll uh, use to plug the podcast. Yeah, uh, I'll do that. Good. Come on, I need. Uh, we could use a new intro. intro. If, you, yeah. if, if you can play the violin, if Madison Square Garden thought you were good enough as a ten-year-old, the fifteen. How old were you? You said you did it when you were ten um msg i was probably like 13 or 14 still still i think you're i think it's solid enough for our <laughs> social media <laughs> have you i'll see alexis uh comparable story do you, what do you play an instrument let's start there any hidden talents <laughs> hidden talents you know i really i don't and it's something i've reflected on during this quarantine i'm like without golf like what do i do because <laughs> i spent so much time just honing my golf game like throughout junior golf high school and now college I'm like I need to pick something up um with that said I know this is very basic because everybody's been doing this but I have been working on my baking and cooking skills so when I get back to campus I'm supposed I'm supposed to be living um in Watt next year so I'll have like my own kitchen so I've been working on my recipes and go-to dishes for that um but no, nothing as talented as the violin and piano. <laughs> what's what's going to be on the menu? What's What are your go-tos right now? Um, in terms of breakfast, I've been making scones. And my family loves scones, so I've been baking those for them. Um, I'm a bit, well, I'm Italian, so obviously <laughs> some meatballs and sausage and pasta on Sundays will be a go-to. Awesome. My mom's been sharing her recipe and teaching me how to make her meatballs. So I'll have those down by then. I as well have tried to make scones. So that came out well. Mm. Do you use a certain recipe or do you just kind of like come up with it from somewhere else? Um, I looked at King Arthur flour. I don't know if you've heard of them. Um, Their website, they have good recipes and I've just like tweaked them. Yeah. um, Here and there. Yeah. I tried to use Alton Brown's. I tweaked it a little bit too, but it was, it worked pretty well. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. All right. Well, that's, all we got. Uh, we really appreciate Pat and Alexis coming on and joining us for this. I do episode. have one last question. The segment. <laughs>
this segment is called Ro just thought of something. So basically every time we try to wrap up the podcast, Ro thinks of something and asks you guys one last question before we sign off. Anyway. Without further ado. My question, (laughs) my question is um, like my favorite thing to watch is golfers do trick shots. Do you guys do any of those in your spare time? Any or have any like particular ones that you show off when people are around or when you're just like waiting for your tea time? I mean, no? <laughs> me, not really. I, th- I think Colin, Colin on our team, Colin Chong is really, really good with like, he could juggle it, but then like flip it on top of the golf club, stuff like that. But nothing particularly now, <laughs> not me individually at least. I feel like the basic one that most golfers can do if they try is like bouncing the ball on your wedge because it's the most like open-faced club in your bag um so just like bouncing that it's good for like hand-eye coordination um I can get the ball to stop on the club face um and then start bouncing it again but I would say that's about my only talent um I know a couple people that can like bounce it between their legs and back through kind of like a basketball when you dribble mm-hmm. um but I haven't worked on that yet so maybe that'll be my summer project maybe you there just you go a new idea. that's yeah. a great quarantine, quarantine. Spend, yeah. yeah and uh Roe is big into the tiktoks so oh, I'm the sure TikTok. you guys could make <laughs> quite the tiktok I mean have you seen any of those on tiktok Ro? no I've definitely just seen youtube videos of like uh i think there's one of like tiger woods who does like he's like counting and people are watching and he throws up and hits it yeah it's kind of a good, yeah. good watch but that's what i was thinking of or like some happy gilmore i guess it's not really that, was, that was my way. Next, that was my next <laughs> way he like them, runs though. into it my next yeah. question to them was have we had any successful happy gilmore-esque <laughs> shots in our golf careers i would i wouldn't not in a competitive play like forcing around i haven't have we, I have need we, to. Have we attempted? No, but you guys are oh. making me realize I need to be more fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't be so serious. You don't need to do that stuff when you're actually like a competent, good, accomplished golfer. Like when you're like yeah. the guys, just yeah. like me and Kyle, like just trying to like, you know, take advantage of. We're just trying to break a hundred every time. <laughs> Uh, you have to have a little bit of fun with it, I guess. Uh, speak for yourself, Mike. I am an accomplished golfer. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> My last question. Have you guys ever hit those biodegradable, like, dissolvable balls into, like, a thing of wa- uh, water or anything? I've hit non-biodegradable balls, <gasps> but, like... <laughs> But not the biodegradable ones. <laughs> <laughs> but you've done that. Okay. That's fair. I haven't. No. All right. Well. Alexis needs more fun in her golf. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, we got we to gotta get somebody to uh, put the exploding golf ball on the tee for Alexis one time. Mm-hmm. Mix it up. Yeah. yeah. Maybe at our alumni event in the fall. There you That'll go. Be a yeah. Site. yeah. Well, we're going to have to check back in with you guys and um, at the end of summer and see what kind of golf tricks we have. Well, that'll do it for episode eight of the Roarcast. Once again, thanks to Alexis Florio and Pat Healy for taking some time today. Uh, Guys, stay well and uh, good luck with final exams. I know you guys are busy cramming for those. So uh, again, thanks for taking some time today.
Thank you. Thank you. All right, once again, we are the Roarcast. You can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us basically. Uh, just search for Columbia Athletics. We are also on the Go Columbia Lions page. Just go to gocolumbialions.com slash podcasts to catch up on all the previous episodes of the Roarcast inside Columbia Basketball and Captain's Corner with the Columbia Football Captains. So until next week, uh, stay safe, everybody.